0: Welcome to the
1: Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month. Uh, I am the titular girlfriend, Cindy. I'm Josh. And this month our theme is wrong house, motherfucker. You picked the wrong house. You picked the wrong house. Um, We've done... uh, some interesting films to this point
0: don't breathe uh, uh barbarian, barbarian which damn near killed you it did um, um yeah there so i mean just wait until w- dark which was fun Wait not until the dark. opposite of Almost Killed You. You were like, oh, this is really This fine. is a I good time. This. The other ones were not. And then or the Arbery other and one was not. Damn near Killed You. Indeed. Let's meet somewhere in the middle today. Okay.
1: <laughs> this week we are watching The People Under the Stairs, correct? The People
0: Under the Stairs. I have at least
1: heard Stairs. of this movie. This came out like the mid-90s. Is that right? Uh, n-
0: 1991.
1: Okay. So.
0: Okay. 1991. Go.
1: Um, do you remember that year? The 1991, I would have been 11 going on 12. So what is that? Sixth grade?
0: That feels late. No, it feels wrong in my head. But I probably you're probably right. Seventh grade. I don't yeah, know. seventh grade. Uh, sixth, seventh
1: grade. Um,
0: well, you're yeah. Well, you're a couple years older than me. So, yeah, yeah, that tracks.
1: I was uh, just thinking like
0: I was like 1991, and it's the year of like Operation Desert Storm, and I was like, I was definitely not in like sixth grade when that happens.
1: I was pro. I probably was, yeah, yeah, I was in fifth grade, because in sixth grade, I'll, gr- in 1992, uh, I graduate from sixth grade and join high school, where I come from. That was a thing? That was a thing. So uh, my sister graduated her senior year, and the week before I graduated from sixth grade, and then went into high school at seventh. Oh, wow,
0: you're going to have an equal number of graduations to me in a couple months. Actually, you'll be No, we're we're current right now. We're tied. You'll beat me by one. Oh. Yeah. So, uh well, did you graduate mm-hmm. uh kindergarten? No. So, haha, you still win. I graduated. I, I had think a, we did. I had a kindergarten graduation. We didn't do uh fifth It would have been fifth grade for me cuz sixth grade, no. Sixth grade was in the elementary school, and seventh grade was in the high school. Yeah, that's what that's ours was as well. Yeah, so we were a small school. We did not do a graduation. They were just like, "Good fucking luck next year." <sighs> nope. And then you we, showed up, and it was terrible. We did
1: a little walk across the stage thing. Everybody dressed up. Um, you know, little little thing. It was sweet. I think
0: they were just ready for us to go. <laughs>
1: Probably. Like
0: you guys are the one stories of the I've heard. Classes, and you're a fucking. We weren't as bad as my baby brother's class, but <laughs> we were a lot. We were a lot. We okay. Were, we were a lot. But 1991 was also, there was a Haitian attempted coup d'etat. Oh, yeah. Uh, coup d'etat. Uh, we had the South African, uh, South Africa repealed the last apartheid laws. Nice. Uh, Mike Tyson was arrested and charged with the rape of Desiree Washington. And Clarence Thomas was made a Supreme Court justice. Let me, let me just highlight those things when people are like, <laughs> everything peaked in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> the, yep the 90s had some bad shit too guys yeah it sure did sure did sure did sure um, did. Sure that's did. still lingering yep still lingering mm-hmm. uh, clarence fucking thomas <laughs> uh people that we gained that year were jeremy Allen white uh he's the star of that show the bear okay he's oh, also yeah. carrie von eric in the iron Claw. <laughs> okay uh we had austin butler who would play elvis all right uh zazie beats who was domino and deadpool 2 for most people i'm okay. assuming that's what you would know her from uh and like keith stanfield who everyone kind of got to see I feel like a I lot know that of name. people got to see the first time he was the dude that was like get out in the movie get out okay but he was also in a few other things detective yeah and Ni- the first knives out yeah like the one that wasn't a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's uh, where i would know him and from. people that we lost that year okay Frank Capra, T and Cindy up for a story. Michael Landon.
1: <laughs> He's from New Jersey, y'all. He's from my parents' hometown. Go uh, ahead.
0: Fred McMurray, Lee Remick, Klaus Kinski, David Lean, Don Siegel, Red Fox, and Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. 1991. That means
1: this is the year that Cindy discovers Queen because it's all over the radio. And I'm, it's suddenly being played all the time You're again. Like, what is this? Yeah, it really is that. It is, is that easy, this? of like, what song is this?
0: I, I feel like there's a lot of kids whose Nirvana origin story is the same too. Possibly, like they were like for sure. I kind of knew them, and then, like, I the heard. Kurt thing happened, and they were just played non-fucking-stop for, like, a couple weeks. And suddenly I heard and it like, me. something clicked. Yeah. Or, like, I heard a song I didn't normally hear, and I was like, oh. That's
1: exactly what happened with me. Like, I heard
0: Bleach, and I was like, well, this is my fucking jam.
1: I heard um, uh, the theme from by, Highlander. You heard Bicycle? <laughs> I heard, bicycle. No, it was the bicycle. theme from Highlander, and I was, was like, "Bicycle, this song you speaks to my soul.
0: <laughs> just imagine in your head. It was if Fat Bottom Girls. Fat was, Bottom Girls.
1: And I was like, this is me. Here I am. That was the... I feel seen.
0: If that was the Highlander title song.
1: Imagine <laughs> that was the song that made me feel like I was more of a person. Oh, uh,
0: Lord. Uh, so 1991, the year. Banger year for movies. Uh, just a couple. I'm going to run down a list of some bangers here. Uh, Sounds of the Lambs came banger. out that year. Terminator 2. Banger. Beauty and the Beast. Banger. JFK. Back into the left. Boys in the Hood, Cape Fear, Barton Fink, Thelma and Louise. Uh, maybe the greatest action film ever made, Point Break. Um, and I said that year Terminator 2 came out. I love Terminator 2. It is maybe one of the greatest movies of all time. But fu- just as a pure action movie, Point, Point break, break is.
1: Has everything. Amazing.
0: Um, movie I saw in theaters that year, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, Hook, also a movie I saw in the theater that year. Uh, the Fisher King. Fry green tomatoes love all these the adams family the doors that's my yeah naked gun two and a half the smell of fear i love that movie uh the last boy scout right i was like love that movie my girl what about bob these are excellent movies. my own private idaho backdraft my own private idaho that's uh
1: what's his face river phoenix film mm-hmm. isn't it yeah
0: city and keanu Reeves. city slick it came out the same year as point break. point break wow uh city slickers love those once Upon a time in china um which is an amazing jet Li movie the rocketeer regarding henry
1: <laughs> my favorite harrison form film. Uh,
0: well there's blade runner um, i mean
1: i like that but it's not my favorite new jack
0: city these are all movies that came out in 1991 and this movie was in the shuffle of those okay so, um, I, rem-
1: I remember hearing about this movie. Um, let's see if my timeline adds up. Uh, I had a friend about this age who was really like obsessed with horror movies. And, um, I remember this being one of her f- real favorites and I was like, "No, was too scary for me. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's still going to be too scary for I feel me, like this movie, okay.
0: well, let's get this, let's get those out of the way real fast. It came out November 1st of 1991. It is, oh, so this would have been my sixth grade year. Uh, right at R. Okay. It's one hour and 42 minutes long. Okay. Um, there's a, something in this movie you are going to absolutely love. I thought you were going to say hate, and I was um, like, well, let's there's, talk. There's some stunt casting in this movie. Okay. That is phenomenal. But first, the reason that most people watch this movie or know about this movie, right? This is like an odd interestingly good movie mm-hmm. but I think most people come to it because it is written and directed by Wes Craven
1: is there s- somebody important cast in this movie well let's talk about Wes Craven then we'll get there okay sorry I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there now because I was like I remember something and it's something about one of the people that's in it. it's like oh this is that actor but I don't think it's Wes Craven
0: there is so much weird casting in this movie but let's talk about Wes Craven for a second okay so I'm putting the cart for the horse um, here we go Yes, because if there's a horse dragging this thing across the finish line, <laughs> it's motherfucking Wes Craven. Uh, Wes Craven grew up in a super-religious household, and he, like, one of those, like, super-religious upbringings where his parents were like, You're not allowed to watch movies. You <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, comic books are the devil. Um, he ended up becoming an English and humanities professor. Okay. Yeah. Um, he became a filmmaker where he directed uh, i think his first his first actual film was The Last House on the Left which is an aggressively <laughs> rapey movie yeah for a super religious guy he also directed porn okay under the name are you ready for his porn director I name i can't wait abe snake right on abe abe snake right Did on you see the new abe snake movie it's called The Fireworks Woman Fireworks me- Woman by the way even i, I okay it's called what? The Fireworks Woman. That's the. It's like a kind ty- of software okay. porn film that he directed under a pseudonym. Um, here's the thing about Wes Craven, Craven. Okay. Is starting out with Last House on the Left. Every film he releases is either hot trash or <laughs> forgotten immediately. Right. All right. Run like, down the list with us. He's like, hey guys, here's Deadly Blessing
1: here's right swamp
0: thing okay here's shocker right okay just like those movies he he the only non-horror film he directed i can't remember the name it off the top of my head it's the one where like everyone knew it as uh the movie where natalie portman has the baby in the walmart oh i know that movie
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the walmart baby movie <laughs> he directed she names that. her
0: americus
1: he that that. Um, when comes the heart is that right no. something like that yeah um, anyway so he. I read he, the book on that. I like that movie so much. His whole career,
0: Cindy, is like...
1: I can't believe it's a Wes Craven movie. Giving
0: us every... It's almost like every other movie is this like instantly forgotten genre movie where you're like, The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is a great movie. I enjoy it. But like, no one talks about that movie. All right. And then the other film. So it's like A to B, A to B, A to B. The other films are like stone cold classics that forever alter what the horror genre is such as there's nothing in the middle so he does last house on the left and that starts that whole cycle yes he does the hills have eyes <laughs> it starts a whole can- The original thing. one yeah uh he directs the Night Run elm street yeah and that's a whole thing in the 80s it's quite a thing right in the 80s the 90s the odds yeah and then in the 90s he's like oh man how about scream oh yeah and Scream 2, and Scream 3, and Scream 4. That's what most people know. He also directed these days uh, New Nightmare, which is the most bananas and one of the greatest Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. So, like, In he just does this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth thing. Um, he sadly passed from cancer. I believe it was cancer. Um, just a fucking mad genius. <laughs> like, his movies are either just... Like, you made a movie about Christy Swanson and her robot protector friend the called BFB? Deadly Friends. Oh. And it's like this weird horror film with like the OG, um, oh, what's her name? So, or not, I was going to say Sabrina, but Buffy. Oh, that's Christy Swanson. Yeah. yeah. It's like Christy Swanson. And then he's like, how about A Nightmare on Elm Street? It's like, those movies are, I think those movies were back to back. Like, it's weird. It's mean, so like peaks and valleys, maybe more than <laughs> any other filmmaker where it's like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Okay. Um, he did the, I think the Walmart baby movie. Yeah. Off that would have of. In the early odds. I think Off of Scream 2. Like that was the point in his career. Yeah.
1: That's, he that was seems so about right. He was so hot.
0: They were like, what do you want to do, Wes? And he's like, not a fucking horror movie.
1: That's a very sweet movie.
0: I want to do something. Because he was apparently like that guy. He was just like, I'm a humanities professor. Like, I don't want to do horror all the time. And they were like, yeah, just keep doing this because you're good at it. Right. At least half the time. <laughs> You're, like, wildly successful at it. Yeah.
1: It's like we're playing darts. Sometimes it goes out the window, but every now and then you get three bullseye in a row. Yes. So that's Wes Craven. That's who we're going to talk about
0: with who made this movie. He wrote it and he directed it. Now let's talk about the casting because it's weird. Okay. Um, The star of this movie is Brandon Quentin Adams, who plays a character named Fool. Okay. Fool? Uh, He was Kenny in the Sandlot. Okay. Uh, he was Jesse and the Mighty Ducks. And he was in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. All right. So he's the lead. All right. Next, we have inspired stunt casting playing husband and wife. They are literally cr- credited as man and woman. All right. Um, it is Evert McGill and Wendy Roby. And who are they? You would know them better as Big Ed Hurley and Nadine Hurley from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Is that what... <laughs> they are married in this movie. This okay. is the other thing they're in, they're, in they're a they're married, married couple. Okay. Wes saw them in Twin Peaks and was like, yep. You're... Does she have both eyes in this one? She does. And she does not have super strength that she weirdly got from being in a coma. Right. Um, god damn it. That's the greatest show ever. And <laughs> like, crazy horniness. When you, when you talk about little bits of it, you're like, that sounds terrible. That makes the captain of and the football crazy. Team cry when she breaks up with him. But god damn it. It's like the greatest show ever. Um Yes, pig ed and nadine are the villains of this movie (laughs) me is that what i all right continue oh no there's someone else in this movie that you're going to right uh then we've got aj langer she's from
1: uh that's the girl from my My so-called life Life, who's a duchess i was gonna say she's actually most famous for being a a countess uh she yeah she got to wear the full royal regalia because there was a king. And it's like, oh, that's the chick for my so-called life. Mm-hmm. You can talk with an accent all you want, Chica. We know where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> they met in
0: Vegas. Um, as as you should. As Sorry. you should. Every royal should meet their significant other in Las Vegas. Yeah, why not? Uh, and then we've got Ving Rames. Okay, playing. late, great
1: Ving Rhames. i do no, still alive. Here's who, the one who died.
0: Uh, you're thinking of, what's his name from the Green Mile?
1: Yeah, that's who I'm thinking Those of. Those are very different people.
0: My bad. <laughs> Ving Rhames is like a normal human. Michael Clark Duncan. Thank just you. came to me. Ving Rhames is like a normal sized human being. Okay. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan was fucking He human was very large. Uh, Ving Rhames plays Leroy in this. He was in Pulp Fiction. Uh, he's been in all the Mission Impossibles, basically, I think, mm-hmm. except for like three, maybe? Uh, he's in Bringing Out the Dead, which is the scorsese movie no one ever talks about that we should talk about all the time um then we've got sean whalen playing roach (laughs) his names are phenomenal yeah he's in twister and that thing you do anytime we can bring up That thing you do in the context of a horror movie never seen that movie before the it was directed by uh fun fact by tommy hanks
1: I know all kinds of information about it, but I've never, it's not a movie. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. Like, yeah, you want to watch a
0: movie about like a singing boy band from nah, the 60s? I don't give a shit. Uh, then lastly, we've got Kelly Jo Minter playing Ruby Williams. She was okay. Denise in Summer School, a movie that, again, we should be talking school. about more often. I did love that movie. Uh, she's Yvonne in Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. Okay. Nightmare 5.
1: Okay. Um, so that means nothing to me we haven't done those movies therefore i've not seen them
0: maybe we will see yeah for me maybe i don't know mm-hmm. but let's let's talk about this fucking movie
1: all right so this movie tell me
0: well no it's time for you to do the poster oh this is the
1: part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie and i try to predict <clears throat> the plot all right we've got a house in suburbia with Uh, A skull in the clouds. A dope-ass skull. People under the stairs, I'm going to say. Based on what we watched with Barbarian, it's hard for me to talk about this in a light manner. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to say this is about original homeowners who get evicted from their house. And rather than leave, they (sighs) dig in. And uh, just kind of live there and stay. And as different generations come and go, they terrorize them into leaving. And then AJ, the little girl, or the girl figures it all out. And is like, I'm not
0: scared of you. And terror ensues. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, Cindy. Mm -hmm. In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about. And children cross the street to avoid
1: How is my house growing up?
0: Now Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside the people under the stairs. The people under the stairs. So I mean, there has been a connection from wait until dark to don't breathe, it was a, a blind <sighs> oh, no. antagonist to God, a blind or a blind protagonist to a blind antagonist. And then Barbarian was just weird. Mm-hmm. Underground tunnels mm. and incestuous monster mm. people. Nope. Nope. Will that be the linkage here?
1: God, I hope not. I don't know. Okay, great. Terrific. Time for
0: The People Under the Stairs.
1: <sighs> we have a ray. Where we Blu-ray. Where can we watch it? Well, I was going to say, where can uh, everybody else watch it?
0: Um, You know, I don't know if this is streaming on something already. I feel like this is a movie that everyone has seen in their childhood. Okay. <laughs> like... Who's seen the people under the stairs? Most people would be like, I saw it on, like, HBO when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it might be on Shutter. You probably have a fucking DVD somewhere in your house. Just go look for it.
1: Okay. Well. That old studio DVD. And I'm sure it's available for cost at all streaming services. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid. Now, Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside.
0: Something's in there.
1: We gotta get out of here, Leroy
0: sorts of rumors about what goes on in that house the police never took it serious she's been feeding that thing between the walls again
1: very very tense about this what goes on in this house is a sin but what goes on under the stairs is a nightmare <laughs> cravens the people under the stairs we watched the people under the stairs a romantic comedy about what happens in an offshoot of twin peaks
0: <laughs> twin peaks adjacent
1: <laughs> this movie was insane
0: if it was twin peaks but with even less subtlety
1: even, oh yeah even less subtle for sure
0: if everything was just like hammered home with a sledgehammer. This is
1: what is happening. Let Let me me tell you out loud.
0: And that may seem like I'm saying this is a bad movie. Mm -hmm. I fucking really enjoy this movie.
1: Yeah, Um, okay. We'll get to it.
0: So, there you have what you will. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just get this out of the way now, because IMDb has just... The uh, synopses of the film as yeah two adults and a juvenile break into a house occupied by a brother and sister, which we do not find out until much later. Yeah, that in kind the movie. of ruins it. Uh, and their stolen children, which we also Don't do fi- not find out whole later in the movie. Um, Spoiler alert! There they must fight for their lives. I feel like that is a bad. This because it gives too much movie. away. Not only that, but like it sets it up to seem like the other characters, like the Ving Rhames character are an integral parts, part of like yeah. the fighting back against the family. They're not. not the brother at all. and sister, husband and wife. Whatever. The uh and he is not. Neither is the guy who pretends to be like the guy from the gas company who's ostensibly like the leader of the three of them I guess. or whatever. He he dies. He's so he's so unimportant. He dies off-screen. He
1: dies off-screen <laughs> and we don't remember his name, but he was the ringleader of their little Sting operation, so it's kind of like Home Alone, uh, of but trying to get out of the house rather than break in.
0: It's it's a reverse, and
1: it's it, 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 oh
0: my god, Cindy.
1: It supposes that in that there's like two feet of space in between, empty space in between every wall.
0: It really is a reverse Home Alone. Oh, uh oh, wow, got yeah. him going. So like, Home Alone is about being stuck in the house, right?
1: And totally alone,
0: and, and fending for yourself against supposed the, threats from outside. Right. This is being stuck in the house and trying to fend yourself off from threats from the inside. Right. And home, like the thing about Home Alone now that it's known for, other than being like the, a fun Christmas movie that, is that like, nobody could afford that house. Everyone's like, no, there's no way. <laughs> and and we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, but this movie is very much about like class and gentrification. Yes. Um, where it's. They are exploiting the neighborhood... You kind of forget
1: that for a little while. ...to
0: afford the home and the lifestyle that they have.
1: They afford a home with two feet in between every wall.
0: Yes. The, the space between the spaces in this house is bananas. Right. Like, the, the idea that a character... <laughs> is escapes, lost in the walls. Escaped into the walls and has lived a whole life there. <laughs> no
1: one can find him.
0: So, um, okay. I'm going right. to do this... Just as an overview, in case you didn't watch the movie, again, bless you for just. Thank you for just talk. listening. Hi, mom. Um, but I assume you, that's who that is. So, if you didn't see this movie, in a nutshell, this movie is about a little boy mm-hmm. who is of color. He's black, and, and he's got a family. Right. He's got a sister who reads tarot cards, who warns him like shit's about to get crazy because you're like 13 now. Yeah. And he's got a mom who's very what is sick it? They call him that cancer.
1: worm. Um. Um. Mole. No. What was his name? Fool? Fool. Yeah, yeah, the fool card. Yeah. That was it. Fool? Mole. Everyone calls him My fool. bad. Mole. My bad. You're thinking of Austin Powers. Yes. Mole. 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 Fred Savage.
0: Um, so his whole thing is he, his sister is dating Ben Grames. Right. this movie is old enough for Ben Grimes to be young enough to be dating a young woman. Um, So he's dating the Kelly Jo Mentor character, the sister. The older sister. And he's. You know, not like a bad guy, but he's tied into like.
1: <laughs> he's like, I know how to get. I know how you can get money, son. And I'm like, great. This is how he gets involved in the gang life. No, we're going to rob an old funeral home because there's gold inside. Well, it's
0: the people that own the liquor store.
1: I know, but it's just. It's funny that I really. I was like, this is how people get in. The, you know, cause I sell some crack. And nope. I've got a treasure chest for some gold, motherfucker. Like, oh, okay. Spoiler
0: alert. There is like a Goonie style room of just money at the yeah. end of this movie. Money pit. Um. <laughs> But As so, old houses have. They're, this old funeral home, which is the family that owns all of these businesses in, 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 the, ghetto. in the ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that are exploiting everyone. Slumlords. They have a coin collection that's worth apparently a lot of money. And their plan is to get into the house, steal, steal this coin collection. Don't know why it wouldn't and be. And then pay the rent. Yes. And also pay for... The full character's mom's like hospital care. Right. Because again We live in it, America. It's like the idea of um breaking bad. If it was yeah. took place in America, they would be like, sorry, you have cancer. Also, like, here's free health Here's your bill. Like, you don't have to like make crystal meth to be any, able to afford to go to the doctor. Anywhere
1: else in the world, you don't have to do it. Breaking yeah. bad doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, so they have this little kid dress up in his Boy Scout uniform. But they can call it Boy Scouts. That's they call like it something like, a yeah, to.
1: the the United something yeah. or another. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I noticed that too. And then
0: he goes up and tries to like basically get in the house to scout out what the inside of the house looks like. Mm-hmm. And, she, and the mom, Wendy Roby, the sister, mom, whatever you want to call her. Yeah, because we find out later not. that
1: they're brother and sister. Yeah. What?
0: That's not even the craziest thing. What Ed and alert, Nadine? The craziest thing is they're Ed and Nadine. From the fucking Twin full Peaks. bondage outfit that Everett McGill wears. Why? Sporadically throughout this movie. did not make
1: any sense. Yeah, that's a thing. Why? Like
0: full leather. Full like leather. Straps. The zipper
1: face, and it's like he only does it when he goes to hunt the kids in the in the walls.
0: Why? It's very sexual for him.
1: Like I mean, yes,
0: really hurting people is a very sexual. Wow. Thing for him. I, so Couldn't suss that one out. But, like, it's it was so crazy. Again, this movie has no subtlety. None. Which has aged in a weird way because now you look at capitalism and you're like, I mean, it's actually kind of subdued. This movie ends with
1: happens. the uh, money flying in the air and everyone in the ghetto just, like, it's raining money.
0: Yeah. A wealth redistribution. Of yes. People. But. so, and they, so if you, if
1: we're not implying. No, it is about that. They break into the
0: house while they're gone by the mom and dad characters are gone right and then they come back um they find that the one guy i can't even remember his name the ringleader dude the white guy was killed off screen right totally unimportant totally and unimportant then,
1: oh we haven't even got to there's okay go, go ahead well,
0: ving rames is so obsessed with finding this money and being cut out by that guy He's right. like, he's gonna cut us out He's going to go in there, he's going to find that money, he's going to cut us he's out. He's going to cut... But he just, so they, they park break in... And
1: they, well, they park the van in the driveway of the fucking house. Yes. They don't even, like, park it on the street. No subtlety. No subtlety at all. Again... And they just break right on in.
0: Not a lot of subtlety in this movie.
1: Turns out <laughs> that there is a little girl. I mean, she's a teenager, but she's treated like a little girl. Uh, so
0: in the script, she's supposed to be 12. They have her play by seven
1: Uh people. I was going to say, she is much older than that. Yeah um
0: same for the roach character in the walls he's supposed to be like 14 15 he looks like he's like he's played by like a 27 year old
1: who is he played by that who is that actor Sean yeah he's been in a, he's been in everything you've definitely everybody yeah. has seen him in so, something
0: we find out that like the reason this house is like a prison and the, all the locks are on the outside is they kidnap children right when they're little raise them as their own and then when they hear see or speak evil they're Mm -hmm. banished under the stairs to become like
1: like to live in the basement in the walls to be like
0: like a cannibal monster person yeah essentially and then they have a daughter
1: who's perfect who
0: has been who has survived because she's like i just
1: i see nothing i say nothing i
0: I just kind of go with it and i pretend like i don't know what's going on but the sean whalen character the roach character they cut his tongue out for like arguing with them oh yeah but his name's roach and he escaped into the walls so there's roach and he in has the built walls a whole together. house inside the walls of the house mm-hmm. which he can scurry around he lives you on can the go... scraps of like what he can get from like the mom and dad who run the house
1: they can like but they, it's like comical like he can pop out of vents out of cupboards out of like behind pictures uh, it's very, it's,
0: it puts off very almost like really, an arcade game. Yes. It puts <laughs> off, like you said, um, Home Alone vibes, but also like the little Tim dude from Phantasm three who could just like pop it in and out oh, of walls yeah. that he built in his house and like a little slide. Yep. Like this dude's even had the time to like in the old mortuary stuff in the basement build like a tunnel.
1: Yeah. There's a shoot.
0: Like he's.
1: But he he's can't get out. it
0: all out. Uh, so. I mean, he wants to leave the girl behind. So. Yes. That was it. The, I bet that is it. The Roach character helps him and then gets shot and his thing is he's dying, he gives the the coin collection that he has stolen because he does had a character get into it. And then essentially makes him agree to get the girl out. Take care out of her, right? To get her uh to get the Alice character out and then he tries but she's afraid to, like, leave the house because she's never left the house. Yeah. So he jumps off the roof into the frog pond. <laughs> Which is insanely deep. Yeah. And then the na- he goes home and then the, the coins. And he basically has an out at this point to be like, I don't have to go back. Right. We have everything we need. We've got the money. We got away, like... They don't know who i am
1: but he did make a promise to a dying man so
0: he goes back to the house and then uses essentially cps and the police yes as a way for them to, to get back in the house and the then, bumbling police
1: yeah it, they're awful and like not awful like as in mean they're just they're depicted as bumbling buffoons
0: well the police treat them the way police treat rich people right I am very sorry for this inconvenience. This has to be a joke. Like, clearly, you have money. You would never do anything bad, right? Like, there, Must you can be. see the difference in how the police and even even like the CPS and like the state and county governments treat low-income families mm-hmm. or struggling families versus versus families that have money. For instance, a big
1: fancy mansion and own the property outright. If you and- allow
0: me a thirty-second aside, you live in a, a state and in a country where. We will take children away from parents for not being able to provide essential services and then give them to non-parents and then pay them to provide those essential services rather than just like providing support for the family to keep them at home. But it's whatever. Um, it is what it is. But Everett McGill is hunting this child in full bondage gear. Full bondage gear. Through the gear. house with a boner.
1: And a shotgun. And
0: a shotgun. Mm-hmm. A boner and a shotgun. Yep. Um, Wendy Roby is got a dog named Prince, and she is a oh fucking yeah, a big Rottweiler. And she gets murdered by the people under the stairs, which again are like the old. T- they're, they're like, like the, teenagers now. Children that were hidden down there, and just the only thing they have to eat are other people, right? Like nosy neighbors and people that wander into the house. Like they, these, they feed them like to these Reims. teenage boys who look like 40 year old vampire men yes vampire Um, men (laughs) who have like long white hair like they'd never seen the sun yep uh they just watch tv all day and eat people yeah and and protect the horde of money like fucking dragons
1: oh yeah i guess i didn't think about it like that yeah the money
0: like the money vault is on the other side yeah that's a good point of like the people under the stair cage they're protecting it yeah whether they realize that's what they're doing or not right so that happens, and then um, the Everett McGill dad character is blown up <laughs> when Full uses the dynamite, and like, there's the money because vault there's room, co- Yeah, because there's. Of course, there's dynamite?
1: Ki- like, coyote, Wiley Coyote style dynamite just sitting in the room. And yes, this is, is the
0: only movie, mm-hmm. horror or otherwise, that I can think of that's not like a. Soviet propaganda film about, like, the revolution that literally ends with money physical just, wealth redistribution as all of the money that was pumped out of this ghetto is put back
1: in the is community. Is blown
0: out of the fireplace or out of the chimney and then rains down on the people. Rain because on me, that's a thing, rain, too, rain, rain on me. is when Fool goes back to the house, everyone in the neighborhood shows up because be like,
1: his sister is like, listen, they're, he, they're all people Yeah, land this landlords. one, this one couple own all these properties. Like they're the reason for this, and so once they realize that, they you know unionize essentially and uh, go and start protesting outside their house and they're banging on the doors and yeah, it's pretty. It, it, that's awesome. what saves
0: his life, the little full character's life. Right. Um, this movie does, like I say, end. <laughs> Wealth, like, physical, actual wealth redistribution of all this money getting blown um, back to the people who should have had it in the first place. Um, it says a lot about the politics of Wes Craven. This movie is very um, heavy-handed. Yes. And it's, like, literally, we I, he keeps saying it, there is no subtlety to this movie. It is very just, like...
1: They hate them because they're this color. They hate them because, the, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, they
0: they legitimately have Wendy Roby almost drop the N word to her until she realizes there's a bunch of people out there I'm, that will just beat the shit out of well, her. Well,
1: I think, <laughs> I, I really hope that that was, like, a decision on her part to be like, there's a way we can do this where I don't say that, right? Like, there's a way where a word doesn't come out of my mouth. So, I, I, or maybe, like, Wes Craven's just, like, a decent dude and was like, no, you're never going to say it. We're just going to do this. Yeah, There's a, we'll piece it out like I, this. I, I,
0: normally, we kind of talk for a minute about, like, what the theme or what's the underlying themes of this movie. It's definitely um, gentrification, mm-hmm. right? The idea of it's a neighborhood that's predominantly one socioeconomic group, one color, one subculture, and it's owned by another, right? Yeah. And, and they're exploiting the shit out of them. Yeah. Class warfare right? Yeah. Keep them fighting
1: at each other so they don't fight and, at us.
0: Yeah. Uh, they basically represent the U.S. economy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a microcosm sort um, of thing. Yes, I and agree.
0: This movie is just shit all over capitalism. And We love that um, here. Very satirically, this movie is glorious. I'm just going to read you a couple things I found. Um, so Noel Murray of the AB Club wrote that "Quote footage from the first Gulf War on the Robsons—that's the name of the oh, that's hus- the yeah, the man and wife, Ed and <laughs> husband, yeah. wife, brother, sister. Uh, that the footage from the Gulf War, coupled with the depiction of them as wealth hoarding perversion of the typical upstanding suburban couple, marks the movie as a satire." Right. And I mean, calls, yeah. That's why
1: that's why it gets away with being so heavy-handed because it, it's meant to be yeah. like, yeah, ha ha, look at this. He
0: refers to the mommy and daddy characters as quote a oh, cartoonish that's right. parody of conservatism. Mommy
1: and daddy, ugh, I hate this term.
0: That's a term that like super conservative Southern people, not at all conservatives, but like a lot of Southern people, like my, mother, I, mommy, ch- my, my child is allowed to say mommy.
1: My friends are not. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I
0: mean? Like your your lover.
1: <laughs> no please no
0: <laughs> who's also your brother oh. right I mean there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack there yeah uh, so S.C. Dacey of Empire referred to the Robsons as quote camouflage Ronald and Nancy Reagan
1: okay I can um, see that
0: another reviewer referred to them as quote nightmare versions of Ronald and Nancy Reagan um, a, it's been called a satire of late capitalism specifically an L.A. run ragged by the free market of the 80s and the violence it created correct um, Robesons and Reagans, comparing them to... Oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And they it echoes of Donald Sterling in L.A. and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. In 1991, uh, in an interview with Fangoria, Wes Craven said that this movie is, quote, much closer to The Hills Have Eyes than anything I've done in a long time. It's a raw film with no dreams in it whatsoever. Yeah. It's an extraordinarily real situation involving an awful family that shouldn't exist. And there's 100% happening today.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, Uh, That's what makes it, that's what makes the satire part like, ha ha. Then you're like, oh fuck no, this is, this is like a real thing. From Wes Craven,
0: uh, this is the last quote I'm going to read about the subtext of this movie. Wes Craven said, when talking about their house, he referred to it as, quote, the whole society of the United States yeah,
1: you right. can't get out.
0: It's about marginalized people who live in the yeah. walls who live off of like the scraps that are provided by the wealthy people eating who each other house, eating each other at the in the basement yeah right the bottom but still hoarding and fighting for the gold that's hidden in there that's not theirs that they can't even spend yeah, right the the middle floor yeah the middle class looks normal. yeah, it's like a normal little place. But it hides all the secrets, right? That's where all the secrets are. And then the upstairs is like, you've got a bondage daddy. Right. Who literally calls himself daddy and a mommy and their brother and sister. Right. Because wealth and like aristocratic people are just incredibly just And
1: more rooms upstairs. Like there's like two halves of the house upstairs. It's huge. And there's like spaces that are just wasted that, you know, I think that's the thing. The two feet in each w- in each wall because they don't need that much space. Like there's all this extra room.
0: Yeah, like they have a bathroom on the third on the on the upper that's just never used. That's just never gets used because it's like why? Fun like, fact: it the yes, my grandparents had one of those. The f- this house we had an empty
1: bath an empty upstairs bathroom that like nobody ever fucking used. I guess my grandpa did when he was up working in the attic, but with the shack. That's about it.
0: The house yeah. represents like the the united states economy and the class system and like what's the first thing that happens when you try to enter through the middle class door is they hit you over the head and they you downstairs yeah right for the other low class people to feed off each other
1: yeah you come in this way
0: and then once it turns and those low those like people in this in the basement all gang up together suddenly the two people at the top because there's only two of them aren't that scary right and things turn on them rather fast.
1: Once that, yeah, once once it turns, it does go quickly. It just they, takes a minute for it to get there. They quickly murder. Winnie I guess much like
0: character. life. Yeah, you know, she so goes first. And then in in the giving all the cash away is what kills the patriarchal character. <sighs> right, yeah, it blows bl- him apart. He like, dies
1: with his money. Yeah. Yep.
0: It's one of those things where like I like this movie and the more I talk about it the more I like it. Yeah, I'm hearing it in your voice. You're like, and
1: then and then this I'm
0: like, yep. So there yeah, there's the, there's a lot to There's more in this to movie. this movie than you think. And Jordan Peele wants to remake this movie okay. and I am fucking here for we're it. We're here for everything Jordan
1: Peele does. I because think we're on record for that.
0: I feel like this is a movie that if you remade it, it could have a whole new like subtext for what's going on now just like Candyman, yeah like he, he yeah. like
1: he sees where they were going they weren't able to get there now is the time we can like i i we, we have the way to say what you're trying to say mm-hmm. more effectively
0: and like a, let me
1: let me not refocus like let me just you know represent your idea sort of a thing
0: it's also worth mentioning just to remind everyone so was a massive hit like, it was made for $6 million, and it made $31.3 million, Oh, wow, yeah. Wow, which, wow, wow. by, like, most standards today isn't a huge amount of money, but, like... Back then it $6 was. $6 million to thirty one and a half or $31.3 million, is a huge gain. Yeah. On, a, on an independent movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think there were talks about, right before Wes Craven died, of this becoming a TV show. Okay. Like, uh, I don't know if it was going to be on HBO, but, like, some sort of, like, television show. So, and Wes mentioned that he had read a like a news story about burglars breaking into a house. And then by the time the authorities arrived, that the burglars had disappeared, but then they found like locked doors with noises coming from behind them in the house. And they had children that had been locked up inside rooms by their parents. And they were like, and Wes was like, oh, that's a fucking movie. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: I hate that. that. That's lightly based on truth. Okay. Yes.
0: Uh, it was going to be a sci-fi show.
1: Okay. So there you go. Kind of. I mean, it, it is a whole world in in the walls. So there. Yes. Yeah, you could go with it, I guess.
0: Um, Wendy Roby did say that this was the most fun she's ever had on a movie set. I guess it was like
1: a big just playground.
0: Like everyone just enjoyed the shit out of it. it nice. Was, it was number one when it opened. Oh, really? And remained in the top 10 for like. A month. Well, all right. So, I mean, would you like to see a remake of this?
1: I think yeah, I, much like because I saw what you know what he did with Candyman and how.
0: Well, he produced it. He well, but do you know,
1: but I'm, but I'm sure the things that he has his hand in, I should say, uh, seem to be very well done. I mean, I like look at Twilight Zone that you know incredible and took just kind of took it and and kept the same themes and just kind of tweaked it to make it more relevant for stuff today uh so yeah absolutely i'm all for that how about you
0: i would like to see a remake of this okay i feel like this is a movie that's culty enough that people remember it so it still has cachet but it's also like not in the popular culture enough with younger people now for it to be considered like something that is deified and you can't yeah yeah like if someone was like we're gonna remake well when they when
1: they went to remake ghostbusters like with like let's just reimagine it let's just recast it like they do spider-man people lost their shit so yeah i get it uh this is the last of the month isn't it it is okay so the movies this month have been the people under the stairs barbarian
0: um don't breathe and wait until dark
1: don't breathe and wait until dark
0: yes oh let me ask you before we do this real fast do you have a favorite scene in this movie?
1: In this movie, uh, the end.
0: Is the money <laughs> the blowing money out blowing out?
1: Yeah, it's the best possible ending. It's,
0: it's weird and awesome when the best scene of a movie is the last scene of a movie. Yeah, You're like fuck yeah. yeah. Um Best character performance in this movie. Who do you think? Who do you think was like the best? I don't know who. They do you, were all. Who do you think kind of, of when you hamming think of this it up? Movie?
1: Um, think, think of Nadine. Video? Oh, I think of Nadine. Yeah, and <laughs> a Nadine
0: in a full-on leather bondage gear. Yeah, just screaming and shooting chalk into the wall. Yeah, Lord. Yeah. All right. So, if this is your first time, uh if you joined us for January and mm-hmm. this is your first go-around, at the end of the month, we look back on the four to five movies that we watched in the month and we talk about, hey, uh, let's rank them from four to one. And uh, that's what we're doing right now.
1: Okay. So at number four, what do you got, Josh? Number four. I feel
0: like it's going to be the same. Well, let's see. I have Wait Until Dark. Yeah, Wait Until Dark. It's good. It has one incredibly good scare. One. But I feel like, and it's not a slam on this movie. No, there just there were others this like month, other month that were better.
1: More. Okay. So. Number three. Wait. Un- for me, number three is People Under the Stairs.
0: Number three for me is Don't Breathe. Okay. I, I like Don't Breathe. I think it has moments that are top tier, like Thriller, like Hold Your Breath. Mm-hmm. Like when they blow the lock yeah. on the door to go downstairs and they turn around he's just there. And you're uh-huh. like, oh, fuck. But like, it just like the other two movies more.
1: Uh, for all those reasons and more, that is why Don't Breathe is my number two.
0: Fair. My number two people under the stairs people under the stairs um if we talk about it josh longer, likes campy stuff though like it, that's kind of your thing it might become number one i love anti-capitalist things Well, but, it's, but like
1: <laughs> campy plus yeah anti-capitalist that's i'm surprised that yeah i miss
0: an era of people being like hey let's make movies where cops are bad guys
1: yeah let's um <laughs> where like that's realistic more so, than, yeah uh
0: i i love 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 this movie it's probably the movie out of the four I could go back and rewatch, the soonest. Okay. Um, but
1: uh, yeah, number one for both of us. Oh shit! Is barbarian it barbarian? Barbarian. barbarian? That is um, correct. I uh, I picked this for my number one because it did its job. Like you know, I kept saying in the episode, it it did its job. Its job was supposed to put me on edge and scare the shit out of me, and it did it. So there you go. It wins. Uh,
0: I picked barbarian because. I saw it by Brandon Theater twice. Um, oh, yeah. And my thing about this movie was, when I first saw it, I just loved how twisty it was and how I couldn't, like, figure out the puzzle Where it was going ahead next. of time yeah. to begin with. Uh, and then having gone back and rewatched it again and, like, talked about it and thought about it, the balancing act it does with, like, the themes it's dealing with, like, the women's issues it's dealing with... Mm-hmm the um men's issues and misogyny issues it's dealing with the like,
1: gentrification and the running down of detroit the it,
0: it's spinning yeah. all of these yep, plates yep, yep. inside the way we view and every, even
1: like everything like how we view the
0: homeless people film. yeah like yep i i feel like barbarian is so fucking good and and it does, people have thought it about, about it deserves to as be as this, like, disposable, fun movie. No oh, man, it's And it's crazy. so much better than that. And it needs a physical release, please, from someone. Yeah. Like.
1: When was it? Do you think, the, like, there's a chance there'll be, like, a steelbook maybe? Or
0: It's this thing where, like, there were a handful of movies that came out in the last, like, four or five years. And they're mostly, like, horror thrillers. And.
1: Was it because of COVID that they just had to get them off the shelf? I've,
0: no, I think it's just, it fell into this weird. So they just weird, did a digital release? Like, The Empty Man. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, yeah. it, the Empty Man was just a movie that they dumped, and it doesn't have a physical release. But like, I kind of get like, I love the Empty Man. I think it's like one of the best horror films of the last like five years. But like, it was a huge flop because intentionally, like this when Sorry. Disney bought Fox, they were like, we don't give a fuck about anything. Like, just drop everything. Like, just throw it out there. We don't. Wanna... But like, Barbarian was a huge fucking hit. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's just they think the only people that care about. These like horror films now are like 16 year olds and And they're not they only stream and not
1: the people who grew up like who were 16 at the height of horror and are now at the point where they're like, Yeah, like we want a resurgence, like we want to see the the movies from our youth, like let's bring that kind of feel back.
0: I think it's horror has always been thought of as like a young person genre, right? Like old people because it was for old people just watch Gone with the Wind and shit like that, like dramas. And it's like, I don't. But y'all were becoming the old people. I want to watch horror films and I want a physical release because if you don't have a physical release, then they can just take that away from you. Uh,
1: Writer and podcaster Daniel Henderson talks about that. Like she was raised by her grandmother in the 80s. And her grandmom loved she was a horror freak. Like they watched Everything all the time you know Nightmare on Elm Street fantastic like all of them they her grandmother loved it because she loved that feeling of horror and they're African-American and now her grandmom is you know in her 80s in the hospital and she doesn't want to watch she I don't want to watch this shit like give me Nightmare on Elm Street (laughs) give me you know the fly give me that kind of shit like yeah So, like horror has been around long enough now that its fans are of an older age now that we need to shift the focus from oh it's a young person's genre to like no not anymore it was when we first started filming things in like the 70s and 80s and really kind of giving us this character like this new kind of monsters
0: well it's it comes it's been around long enough now let's go because like horror is technically a genre that's older than drama well as old as drama like Horror, horror films were like the
1: idea of like ghosts made and things in like the that. first
0: year that they were making feature films yeah so like horror well, is I as think... old as cinema the problem is you get like horror only really thrives historically i mean there's always going to be horror films every year there's going to be like here's a scary movie because a lot of people are like it's a way to make a movie very cheaply because the genre is the star rather than needing a star. Well, if you look
1: at the boomers, like if you look at, at the almost octogenarian that lives with us. Um her favorite movies growing up were the old monster movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the cool thing that was on like the early black and white television shows. Well, now they're the grandparents. Well, what- so like if they were in their 30s and 40s during the 80s during, you know, again, like we have the new monsters like it there's what, now multi-generations year, who want
0: this horror. What decade was she, like, consuming media in first? Like, when she was, like, 10 to 20? Probably, yeah. What decade was that? Oh, that
1: would have been the 50s to 60s, yeah. So,
0: like I said, horror thrives in times that are uncertain, right? Like, <laughs> like in right the, In the now. 1950s, there was this huge uptick in, like, monster movies and horror movies about, like, you know... Things that take over your brain or aliens from outer space or giant monsters that are like giant animals Mm -hmm. that are radiated. And then the 80s with Reagan and this uncertainty of like what's going on in the world, there was this huge horror boom. Right. And then in the 90s, it kind of goes away. There's still horror films. There's still fucking great horror films, but there's less of them. Right. Because the 90s. A lot more Things were a little better and a little more stable. And then the early 2000s is the same way. And then you get, oh... Like we're back to out of like
1: two wars and yeah. So
0: the first year after September 11th, it wasn't that bad, but like when we go to Iraq and Afghanistan and we're doing all these things, suddenly it's like torture porn has this huge thing. Yeah. So when times are uncertain and people don't know what's going on, they're like, Hey, show me a world that's worse than what I live in now, or show me something that helps me understand the uncertain times that I'm living in. Like, that's when horror th- thrives and I think
1: that's why like Barbarian is the, our most recent movie this month and it's also our number one because shit is awful and that movie was terrifying yes so next shit month is awful February what are we doing for February um, my little valentine
0: <laughs> I wanted to do just horny horror movies nice but I decided that that was a little too broad so we're doing, uh, like, erotic thrillers. Nice, from, like, so the 90s doing, and late 80s. We're doing two I 80s erotic thrillers and then two modern erotic thrillers. Okay. Uh, and then looking at how things have changed over time. And
1: So uh, what are game. we doing next week?
0: Um, okay. We're doing a movie that I've been on the fence about doing for a long time because... It's an incredibly well-made movie that some of the stuff in it has maybe not aged great. Uh, and that is Brian De Palma's Dress to Kill.
1: Dress to Kill. All right. Well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend.
0: And we're looking forward to Brian De Palma.